This week's episode of Very Good TV Podcast is brought to you by High Maintenance, a new comedy series on HBO. Providing a glimpse into the homes and routines of eccentric New Yorkers, the series explores the private lives of these unique individuals through a common thread, their weed delivery man. Ben Sinclair stars as the guy, whose client base includes a group of characters with neuroses as diverse as the city. Originally a hit web series, past episodes are available for streaming on HBO Go and HBO Now, and on HBO On Demand, with new episodes every Friday at 11 p.m., only on HBO. Very good television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And Ben, happy happy post Emmys morning. How are you doing? Uh, you know, it's 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 fine. It's a it's a pretty good post Emmys morning. I mean, it's still a little disappointing that the Americans didn't pull up the upset of all upsets, but these are the world we live in. Yeah, I mean, this most is the world we live in. We don't live in worlds. Well, most of us, except if you're on the show Fringe. Oh God. <laughs> How did this come up so early? I, I know. thought you were done with it. You're not even binging it anymore. I know, but that mean that just means it lives more in my heart than ever. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean we got through the Emmys. We still have a little more coverage to do, kind of reacting to uh, reacting to kind of what what we learned from the ceremony about television. I think uh, Ben is shaking his head in disgust. Ben we is done with the Emmys forever. I am done. It's over. We did it. We've covered it. It's 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 in the books. Yeah, I mean, and so we just kind of wanted to go over some of like our our personal best and worst moments from the night. You know, there's we've got plenty of coverage regarding like you know who were the clear fav- clear winners, who were people who sh- deserved more attention than they should have gotten. And uh, so Ben, why don't you? But Ben, what was one thing that really stuck out for you, just on a personal level? Oh man, on a personal level, honestly, I don't know. I don't know why this is what I've woke up and, and had kind of stuck in my head. But the fact that Ben Mendelsohn won Best Supporting Actor, or I should say Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, that's a personal victory for me. I love Ben Mendelsohn. I loved Season 2 of Bloodline. It was a vast improvement over Season 1. And I was so sick of people talking about, after the nominations came out, even before the nominations came out, that Ben Mendelsohn wasn't deserving this year, or at least wasn't as deserving this year as he was last year, simply because he didn't have as much screen time in season two. And I, I mean, I couldn't disagree with that more. Yeah, he had less screen time, but what he did with that time on screen merits the award, I mean, more than any of the other actors in contention. So the fact that he won made me personally very vindicated in my defense of him, as well as as well as just generally happy for a show that is now about to end. Yeah. Um, now, he wasn't at the ceremony last night, and I think no. I, I missed uh, I missed maybe why that happened. He was, uh, he's shooting Star Wars. Oh, that's a, f- well, he's shooting Rogue One? Yeah, Netflix actually put it out. Um, they, they had a tweet where they put out, uh, does the lame Maggie Smith rule apply if you're shooting Star Wars? <laughs> Good for Netflix. Ben Mendelsohn. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, But yes, uh, and we should clarify by the way. So Ben was Ben had the luxury of watching from the comfort of uh, from the comfort of distance and space, and you got to you know sit with your thoughts and actually watch the show. Um, But I I I was lucky enough to uh, go with uh, our colleagues Han and Mike, and we were all backstage. So when you're backstage at the Emmys, uh, what this means is you're not really backstage so much as you are sitting in a uh, basically a t- air-conditioned tent 
um, on the top of a parking garage across the street from the theater. And uh, then they bring back the winners uh, for a quick, quick, basically press conference. And so you get, you know, you get interesting quotes from all the people who, most of the people who won. There are some people who just didn't show up, like Kate McKinnon never came in. A uh, couple of other, couple other big ones. Uh, but it's a, it's a neat opportunity, and uh, they also play the show. So I have seen the Emmys, but not on the same level that Ben has. Yes, but I. I... I bet you were aware that Ben Mendelsohn won, even though he didn't come backstage. Yes, but he I didn't was, know. He I was didn't, just a big shot too. But I didn't. I didn't know uh, where he. I didn't know where he was. Yeah, so. yeah. No. Um, but no, I mean, I, I honestly, that was a that was a personal favorite in terms of the show itself. In terms of like kind of how the ceremony went over, um, the best and the worst both relate to Jimmy Kimmel. I thought that Kimmel did a fantastic job hosting in the ceremony when he was in the moment. Off the cuff remarks. Uh, the opening monologue was very very good. A lot of the pre-planned bits kind of bombed for me. That opening video was a ripoff of so many other opening videos. How many award shows set in Los Angeles are we going to see where it focuses on just getting to the awards and how hard it is to fight through traffic when you're in a limousine and just, you know, trying to drive up? I mean, he's been there since, like, probably 10 in the morning. It's not a problem. It's I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely over that segment of it. Um, and it seemed like just a very cheap way to get him in a car for carpool karaoke with James Corden, where it's like, okay, great. I don't. Nobody needs to see this. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a more of an advertisement for James Corden than it was. for Yeah, Corden was all over the show, which kind of surprised me, considering it's an ABC telecast and Jimmy Kimmel as your host. But uh, but no, like I I didn't like that video, and I am the lone grump who is going to complain about the Stranger Things kids handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Well, it's just kind of random. Like well, it was, they don't it, they don't eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Do they eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the show? The I don't biggest remember. thing was Eggo waffles, but I mean that would have yeah. been harder to deliver. But honestly, it was a ripoff of Ellen DeGeneres handing out pizza at the Oscars. It was like, well, that really worked well at the Oscars. We're going to use that same bit to generate social media traffic with the Stranger Things kids, like with the people that with the show that couldn't be. Not nominated because it wasn't eligible in time, but that people are actually talking about in the moment. I think somebody also brought up that when uh, Ellen delivered the pizza, Carrie Washington was very pregnant, and so her reaction to getting pizza was delightful. Yeah. Um, she was pregnant this time, too. Was she? Yeah. She's pregnant again? Carrie, You didn't see the pictures of Carrie Washington last night? No. She looked great. She's got this like black dress with kind of like very well-placed slits on it, so it kind of accentuates, but also, you know, it really makes the the pregnant glow take full effect. She looked great. Um, this has I been the gown commentary by Ben and Liz. Yeah, it's, a, it's as deep as I'm going to get. Uh, I didn't see her reaction, though. I don't think they cut to her. No, I don't think, segment, I don't, but. I mean, it's peanut butter and jelly. I will share that um, Patton Oswalt, uh, it, when he came backstage after winning for uh, writing for a variety special, he didn't have his glasses and he revealed that his glasses he was so un- he was so surprised and unexpe- unprepared for all this that he put his glasses inside the bag with the sandwich and then left it back in the theater. So he was like, "I can't see any of you. I'm not wearing my glasses. They're in my bag with my sandwich." That's pretty delightful. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting point too because obviously the Stranger Things kids being there is something that is for the audience watching at home. Kind of the act itself is is a little bit for the audience watching at home, but really that feels more like a move to cater to the people who are actually in the room. So how it played in the room, how people liked it is something that we're not really aware of. It didn't seem to blow anybody away, though it did lead to a good juice bit with David Schwimmer. The juice bit was pretty pretty Almost made it all worth it. Yeah. Um, There are two interesting things, I think, about the Stranger Things kids coming in. One is the fact that they made them do a costume change, which is kind of baloney, given that they looked so cute 
their actual clothes that they were wearing on the red carpet. So cute. And then they made them change into their Stranger Things gear. And that's that I was like, no, come on. If you see Millie's purse, it says Millie on it. That's great. Yeah, but they're going to see that all over the place. They've got that Umptown fuck video of them dancing. That's true. It's been out online for the whole ceremony. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, it, what amazed me was in those pre-planned bits where they really had the time to get it right, they seemed to get it wrong a lot. And then in kind of the spontaneous moments, like even from his opening monologue when he called out Maggie Smith for not mm-hmm. being there to pick up her Emmy, paid off big time later on in the show. Uh, his first thing that he did when he went and handed the Emmy to Jeffrey Tambor was a bit of a, a stretch as well as a, a jinx considering what Aziz Ansari did at the Golden Globes a few, like what last year, two yeah. years ago, where he made a joke about how he's like reading a book to lose to Jeff, how to lose to Jeffrey Tambor, <laughs> yes. and then Jeffrey Tambor didn't win. Uh, and, who and won? This, uh, in that case, it was um, oh god, who was? Was it, it Slater? It might. I want to say it was Slater. But if that would it, be this year, then okay, it might be a lead. Anyway, anyway, um, the point being, Tambor won. So like right. that bit ended up paying off as well because it foreshadowed exactly what happened, which was kind of nice. And Tambor gave a great speech, which kind of leads me to the other best thing about last night's ceremony, the speeches. The speeches were incredible. And that's not something you can count on. That's not something going into the ceremony you know is going to be good. You kind of just got to hope that whoever gets up there is going to be emotional they're going to be sincere or they're going to be funny. And we got all of it in uh, large doses. Yeah. No, and they were, yeah, I think it, there was ver- some, there's some really touching moments. Um, there's nothing like watching Jill Soloway shout, topple the patriarchy. Um, yeah. And again, like, like we were talking about this before we started, that's not even in my top five. Like it was a great moment and it was, it led to another great bit from Jimmy Kimmel where he says, I don't know if toppling the patriarchy is in my best interest which was a, a pretty good line for the yeah. for the room uh but no like i mean julia louis dreyfus who has who has done some really great pre-planned stuff where she's had tony hale come up and whisper in her ear she's had yeah. matt walsh be her you know press secretary she made out with brian cranston like before she went up on stage she does all i mean so many great bits where it's really about how funny it is that she keeps winning and this year she took a moment to be very sincere about a very you know obviously emotional uh win for her and it worked really, really well. Like, it it just, she handled it with such grace that it, it left such an incredible impact. I'd go the same with, uh, like, Kate McKinnon's win. Oh, very emotional, God. very sincere speech. Rami Malek, uh, very enthusiastic, kind of shocked, stunned moment when he actually heard his name read. There were, there were a lot of little moments like that where even if you weren't hugely invested in the people or the show, you had to recognize that the moment itself was pretty glorious. I love that, you know, Sterling K. Brown and Courtney B. Vance, like, Brown said it in the speech. It's like, you guys probably didn't, you may not have known who I was, and you still checked the box, which was you know, a yeah. statement unto the Emmys itself. But the people at home may not know who he is either. Uh, and him and Courtney B. Vance still, you know, owned that moment. Wow. Nobody's going to forget about those speeches. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think it is something a really good point you're making about how, there is a lot of respect and a lot of like genuine a genuine appreciation. I think from universally all the winners who were there in the room, mm-hmm. um, and that isn't normally something you get. Like sometimes there there's usually like one or two people who like make some sort of make it into some sort of like joke about how they don't take it seriously or or they I mean I, Julia Louis Dreyfus's bits have always been amazing, but also I wonder if. 
I wonder if the decision to not do a bit this time uh, had any, like, if she was maybe planning on doing a bit and then um, her father, after the, her father apparently passed away uh, last Friday and uh, she decided against doing a bit, you know, as a result. Well, yeah, it may or may not have been the case, but I, I think that, you know, either way, it definitely worked in the moment. And, and I feel like the Emmys are something that people always take, within the industry, they take this very seriously. The Emmys are the Oscars of TV. The Golden Globes are fine. The Golden Globes are where people kind of joke around and, and pass it off. And they're still sincere moments there, too. But the Emmys are, they're the trophy that you want to win. This is your, this is your peer, these are your peers within the industry. And uh, the fact that they all took it pretty seriously last night, even though you know there were still people having fun. John Oliver, you know, had a good time on stage, oh. which was pretty entertaining. But he was, but I mean, he he still also took it seriously that he was. Well, winning. no, that's that's kind of the thing. They always yeah. all take it seriously, even when Julia Louis Dreyfus did her bits. There were sincere, honest moments of appreciation within right. them, and she always made a, a very, uh, very clear bid to to thank the rest of the people in the category to say, you know, thank you to the, the other nominations, which was great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was really impressed with kind of how smoothly the ceremony went in terms of how dependent it was on those live moments. Those live, uh, unable to be planned moments really paid off big time. Now, here's my question for you. What do you think of the Matt Damon bit? How much of it do you think was pre-planned and how much of it uh, just happened organically? Um, <laughs> I think I think most of it was probably pre-planned uh, because I don't think Kimmel would have expected to win that award. I'm sure there were contingency plans in which, you know, he 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 could have modified it had Kimmel won, and and Damon still would have shown up on stage. Um, that one was divisive. There was some there was a lot of people online who who thought that that kind of slowed the show down or thought that it was a little self-indulgent for Kimmel. I really enjoyed it. I really liked. I, I mean, their rapport is the reason that bit has continued to work on Jimmy Kimmel Live for years and years and years. And, you know, the, just the image of Matt Damon eating an apple on stage and mocking Jimmy Kimmel, like just you know, savoring that moment to, to yeah. get back at his oppressor was pretty terrific. No, I've, I've, I've always been a big fan of the uh, Matt Damon, Matt, Matt Damon-Jimmy Kimmel feud. And, uh, yeah, it, so it was delightful to see, just delightful to see more of it. I wonder if it, you know, if you, I wonder how common knowledge it is, how, deep and extensive that bit is like it's a good question i because I, you have to be like a pretty loyal jimmy kimmel live viewer well yes and no because i feel like so many of those bits have gone viral even beyond well the jimmy i'm fucking that damon did right. probably did, did, did go viral in a serious way and so. the sequel and the sequel yeah so i mean there's been those moments where it expands beyond the kimmel universe which probably makes it big enough to justify going on the Emmys telecast. And right. you know, obviously it helps. This is ABC. Everybody knows Kimmel's hosting, so you know his fans are going to be tuning in anyway. But, you know, seeing Matt Damon mock a guy on stage is always pretty fun, even if you don't know the backstory. Yeah, totally. He's from Boston. He knows what he's doing. Good Lord. So, um, Ben, I'm going to – I'll let you be a negative Nancy for a moment. What was something that kind of pissed you off? Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of – how much Trump talk there was. Oh, my God. Uh, you kind of know it's coming. And because of his background in TV, you, you can't really say it's unjustified or, or unearned in any way. But it, it just it doesn't feel like the time, and it felt like a bit of overkill. And, you know, that being said, there were some really good Trump jokes. Like, mm-hmm. there were some really good moments where 
you know, worked at Julia Louis-Dreyfus' speech leading up to, you know, kind of the funnier part at the intro where she talked yeah. about how Veep you know, used to be this and now it's become a documentary and she's sorry about that, uh, was, was pretty good. And um, there, were, there were a few others, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of how long that extended. Uh, I know you were telling me that the backstage element of it, oh, the God, Trump yeah. jo- questions were just Trump, 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 Trump. Which is, what are, what are we doing here? They just um, won an Emmy. Let them, you know. Yeah, like, I uh, believe. Let them talk about their show, at least. I believe John Oliver actually yelled it. Not yelled, like, joke yelled. John Oliver style yelled. But he definitely was like, really, do we have to do this? Dave Mendel had the same reaction. And then, of course, Dave Mendel went on an amazing rant about Trump. Well, yeah, and you said, uh, what, uh, Tambor and, or no, uh, Soloway. And- Soloway, Soloway went on a full on, <laughs> he is a monster. He is basically Hitler. He is otherizing people in the same way that led to the rise of Nazi Germany. Um, and then Jeffrey Tambor is just like, ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Like, they're so keyed up from this big win. They're just on stage in front of, you know, millions of people. They're obviously very knowledgeable. You know, like, Soloway is not somebody who is <laughs> ignorant to what's going on in the, in the socioeconomic climate right now. She's not going to, you know, not have opinions. She's, right. So and teeing her up like that is easy, but I just, you know, come well, on. The, well, the relevance of it is slightly better in the case of Transparent because uh, part of season two, of course, took place in 1930s uh, Germany just as the, just with the rise of Nazi Germany and is very much about the othering that occurred in that period of time. So. Yeah, but the sad thing to me is that people will maybe see that connection at best, but it's it's not likely to be made in the many, many write-ups that come out of those backstage speeches, mm-hmm. or, or backstage questions, I should say, as opposed to if, if, you know, they got a little bit more detail about the show or they asked questions pertaining to the show, you know, I, I feel like that gives it a better chance of being watched as opposed to unnamed creator from low-watched Amazon series Rants Against Trump. <laughs> Nice headline there. Yeah, well, it would play. Uh, but no, I mean, other than that, my there weren't a lot of complaints. The show went very well. I think I gave I think I gave it an A minus in the review yeah. last night. Um, you know, and, and my quibbles are again. You know, I wanted the Americans to win, mm-hmm. and I didn't want Game of Thrones to win. And, and Game of Thrones did very well for itself overall, but uh, you know, it didn't. It got upset in the supporting actress field, um, and and its best series win. You know, we all saw it coming, so I wasn't. Wasn't horrified when that hit, unlike last year when I was livid. Well, you were last year. I was up against Mad Men. Exactly, which is absurd. <sighs> yeah, Mad Men still stings. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, I think like as far as television's biggest night goes, I think it. There, the thing I want. The other thing I want to mention about Stranger Things is what was really interesting about that bit to me was it's it it's it's somehow. What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it seemed to indicate that the producers of the show were very invested in making sure that television people actually were paying attention to was represented at the show. And Stranger Things, of course, is there's no denying it's been the biggest show of the summer uh, in terms of just buzz and interest. And so it felt out of place and weird for it to be there just because it's not eligible. Like... Um, it, it was it wasn't eligible wasn't ever a part of the Emmys conversation because it came out after June um, but its presence there had like a had, s- signified something to me well no it's it's to me it was just the same thing as well it's, it's a similar well, it's like, thing to when you know Michael Weatherly shows up to present people are looking at him like well, I haven't seen this guy but, in years but you know, he's promoting a new show and that's why he's on stage same as Damon Wayans which 
was a good Damon joke, again, from Kimmel, off the cuff, I assume. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, because the Stranger Things kids weren't there to promote something new, they were just, and they weren't there to promote something new, they have no affiliation with ABC, so, or Disney Studios. So it was just, like, a pure, basic, we want to represent this show at the Emmys because this show is a show people are talking about. Oh, yeah, well, the Emmys are starred for ratings. They need yeah. to talk about shows that are buzzy. So they've been trying to incorporate, as like, just like the Oscars, they always try to figure out ways to incorporate the popular shows to get people who don't care about whether or not the Americans wins because they've never heard of the Americans uh, will tune in and, and Stranger Things is probably the best bet to do that outside of you know their standard famous faces walking down the red carpet so I mean it was, it's a it's a savvy move it's it's a traditional move in a lot of ways and it's it's one that I understand I just you know I'm the grump who's just sitting there going you know that this time could have been better used and I don't like it's not a stolen joke it's a repurposed repackaged attempt to grab the same social media buzz that ellen you know inf- famously did very very well yeah the funny thing about that was uh did you do you know that um like i know the pizza the pizza place they ordered from is a pizza place that in my vaguely in my neighborhood so i remember we were watching and it was really funny because we we're like oh it's that place you know not the best pizza it's good pizza it's not all right it's good pizza it's okay and then um like afterwards it came out that the the guy who delivered it had no idea he was delivering pizza to the oscars he i think they thought like he was just going into the writer's room he had no idea he was being put on national television yeah yeah which is hilarious to me yeah and that sadly that backstory won't apply since we were going with the fact that the fact that jimmy kimmel's mom made seven thousand peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that's what good moms do. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, she deserves some sort of trophy if, if uh, she made uh, made those herself. Give her her own Emmy. What did you think of that Amy Schumer, Amy Poehler joke? I liked it. I actually thought that played really well, but I thought that played really well because of Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. Schumer delivered that joke so well right. um, that had she not been both uh, very telling in her interpretation of it and also very subtle with her, you know, happiness and sadness over, you know, the the swing of the joke. Uh, it, it may not have worked as well. And it and when it started, I was like, oh god, this is gonna be bad. Like she's eating the napkin. Why is she like this? Is this seems like it's off to a bad start? But she saved it. And honestly, I I'm a little surprised. Faye and Polar weren't a bigger part. Like I know they didn't really want to be. Like they they've said they didn't want to host it. They're you know, clearly very busy people, and, and they've got better things to do. But, yeah, their one time on stage holding the split Emmy, that, yes. that wasn't – that was far below their usual standards. So. I still enjoyed it, though, just because well, – it's them. It's them, yeah. And, you know, I'll take what little I can get. And in terms of, of the people who were there, I'll also give a lot of, you know, thank you to Kimmel, to, the, to ABC – for showing uh, Kyle Chandler as much as humanly possible. Yes. What a human delight. Yep. That the joke about uh, Kyle Chandler. Oh God. What was uh, it? I will kill. I will. I, I. I will kiss you, Kyle. I will make out with you, Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Kit Harrington and Andy Samberg <sighs> reading the the I will and I won't kiss yes. Kyle Chandler and Chandler's God just friggin' delightful response. Like you just do that for his reaction shot and his yeah. reaction shot was everything. Yeah. Um, but but a shout out by the way to yet another remember, reminder that A 7 Days in Hell is one of the funniest oh, things that, that's ever ha- happened on HBO. No. I loved it. And B uh Kid Harrington is far funnier than we ever give him credit for. He is of adequate humor levels. 
he does he did a fine job reading those words <laughs> he was, literally they constructed that so you didn't have to deliver a joke you just read a teleprompter benjamin someday you're gonna understand you're gonna feel enlightened on a new level and i'm gonna be really happy for you in that moment well i mean yeah the day i become attracted to kit harrington i will you be don't much have to be more... attracted oh, to, yeah, him to find him funny yes you do absolutely really 110 percent. yes you do i don't feel like that's true because i don't feel like i'm particularly attracted to kit harrington no, you're just lying to yourself liz he's um, a tiny human being ben yeah i know that doesn't matter to some people and it doesn't matter when you're watching him on game of thrones because you can't really tell oh you can tell <laughs> ah, I love it when we be- get beat each other into submission. Final shout out goes to Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell. We did not see enough of you last night, but nope. those few glimpses we got, I will treasure forever. Beautiful. Um, and also, uh, Sarah Paulson, get your Emmy. I mean, Tatiana Maslany also get your Emmy, but Sarah Paulson, get your Emmy, and then also um, apologize to Marsha Clark, which yeah. was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, Oh, and also Leslie Jones was great. Yeah, yeah. She helped make that always awkward moment better. Yes. It's easily the best accountant bit I've ever seen. Oh, but that's not saying a lot. Yeah, I'd have to plumb the depths of, of those jokes, but you're probably right. It's up in the top five. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh. 110%. She did more than any could, could have expected to do in that moment. Yeah. God. So um, I feel like for this week's uh, question of the week, if you will, um, it's a pretty simple one. Did you watch the Emmys? Do you care? (laughs) Like, have we just been blathering on for the last however many minutes about, you know, something that doesn't really affect the way you watch television in the long run? Like, maybe maybe like, let's refine this a bit. Have the Emmys ever, has an Emmy nomination for a show you've never heard of convinced you to check it out? What do you think of that? I think it's a good question. I think it's I think it's one that's kind of hard. It'd be hard for me to respond to that in general, just because. Well, you're so up on things. Well, I mean, now I am like maybe ish kind of, uh, but like back in the day, I remember you know I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to the Emmys, but when they were on, you know I'd check them out. I was always kind of watching. They always kind of were there. And I feel like they, they seep into your subconscious a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the shows that they're talking about, just hearing the name, hearing it in the context of the Emmys, you know, that gives it that prestige level that obviously everybody's competing for, especially right now. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I'd be curious to kind of know how much, like if anybody actually, you know, watched the Emmys and saw the Americans and they're like, oh, the Americans got nominated. I should really, I guess I should watch that show. If that ever happened with a show, I'd, I'd love to hear it. But I still think the value is there just of, of you know, existing, just of it, you know, dominating your Twitter feed for a night and seeing those names scroll through um, of the articles and interviews that come out of it, of the, you know, just general fact that it's on TV and seen by about 12 million people. You know, it helps. Like there's, there's definitely good things coming out of it. So, um, but yeah, I, man, I wonder. Yeah. Do you think you've ever watched something just because of the Emmys? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't honestly, um, I honestly don't know if I think, I, I don't think so. But I think I've always been very set in my television habits. So, I don't know. There might be something or other. It's an interesting I'll... shift, too, because, I mean, I think back in the day, yeah, we were pretty set in our television habits, and I think we probably are now, too. But at the same time, it feels like more and more people are looking for a way to discern the best TV. Yeah. So that's what they're spending their time with. And the Emmys, 
maybe not perfect, but they do a pretty good job. Yeah, it's at least something. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the ones that didn't get any love, watch BoJack Horseman. Yes, oh, BoJack. <laughs> um, so I want to I want to quickly go over a couple of email responses we got. First off, shout out to Russell the Russell, um, who used to intern with us here at IndieWire. Russell, you are very much missed. Thank you for sending us a nice note saying you're listening. Um, we also got a message from Alex, who, uh, in response to the question, could there be another Star Trek, um, pointed out that Firefly could, if if Firefly took certain direction in its in the next like ten years or so. Um, I think he specifically shouts out like the idea of like a rebooted series with a new showrunner kind of shepherded by Joss Whedon. Similar, like that could maybe work. If Joss um, Whedon threw his weight behind it and somehow got Nathan Fillion back, like that, that could work. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the big, you know, the, um, they're both science fiction with a world that lends itself to new stories and adventures. And there is a lot of, there is a fair amount of world building in Firefly that would sustain that. So it's a, it's a very interesting response. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who would love to see that happen. Um, question is, is are people who own the IP at Fox uh, amongst them? Yeah, they got a show. They've got a movie. They just need another show, yeah. maybe another movie, yeah. and more off to the races. Yeah, there you go. It's a great idea. Uh, and then a very special listener, Ann Travers, um, wanted to mention that another show that's putting out sp- spinoffs and could last forever, The Walking Dead. God. Yeah, she's terrified by that, as am I. You can tell, you can tell that the, uh, the bloodline is pure between my mother and I. Yeah, she does not, she does not, she does not necessarily want this to happen, um, but she does, uh, she does think that The Walking Dead is a good example. Yeah. And she also, similar in that bloodline, I don't put Game of Thrones in the same category. Too negative. Yeah. Um, Way to go, Ma. <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. Travers family. Yep. Listen to us. Uh, know what we're talking about. Go Cubs. <laughs> Speaking of, Ben, I'm sure this is going to be your answer. What was the best thing you watched last week? I mean, the best thing I watched last week was the Chicago Cubs winning the, <laughs> the Central Division in the National League. And locking up that playoff spot, it's going to be nothing but nerves from October until the end of time. But, uh, but you mean no, September. No, I mean October. Well, I mean, isn't it, when you say the end of time, it's going to end at some point, right? Yeah. Okay. That will be the end of time. Oh. Win or lose, that's the end. That's that's it. There's you're calling you're calling that, it a day on planet Earth. Nothing that comes after, whatever the outcome, <laughs> finally becomes. I can't wait to watch all these games with you. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to because we established last week that you are a jinx. But uh, but sure, you'll definitely hear my reaction. Uh, in terms of television broadcasts, scripted television broadcasts, uh, right. Fleabag is my pick. Fleabag is phenomenal. Um, Amazon, uh, Amazon is killing it, you guys. Yeah. I, I don't even I don't know where this came from exactly, but they really seem to figure it out this September. Uh, one Mississippi Fleabag Transparent Season 3, which is my next thing, just to knock that right off of the list. Um, you got to subscribe. You got to at least do your trial version of Amazon Prime and then check these shows out. They're very easy to get through. I mean, Transparent will be a little bit longer, but One Mississippi and Fleabag, six episodes apiece. Um, just incredible, emotional, funny, and just so well-written shows, like so well-constructed um, both of them actually kind of draw you in slowly to bigger, darker issues. Like you kind of are, are walk down a path, and I, I feel like they're rewarding enough where you don't have to 
I don't have to throw any cautionary flag and say, oh, man, you're going to be so depressed by the end of this. You're, I don't think that's true. I think you're going to be emotionally affected. But the, the humor is great. And, I, I mean, just, just check it out. It's really good stuff. Yeah, I will say, because um, my best thing is also One Mississippi. Um, well, my best thing was Fleabag. Yes. But yours is One Mississippi. Yes. All Amazon all the time. Yes. Uh, but I did finally – I'd seen the pilot, of course, for One Mississippi, but I finished up the season this, this weekend. And, yeah, it was – you know, it it made so many really interesting choices, and Tig Tignataro at its center proved to really be like a compelling lead. And there was a lot of interesting elements to it. Like, like I, yeah, I, I really engaged with it. Yeah, it's very effective storytelling. Um, very brave, courageous performance by Nataro, and obviously she's you know running that show like she's she knows what she's doing, and it's it's a beautiful thing to behold. I actually also I really like the brother. Um, the mm-hmm. brother Remy. Uh, I thought that they were they were making choices of that character that pushed him out of that could have fallen into a stereotypical trope field, and instead he was really interesting and fleshed out. I thought. Yeah, they. I mean, they didn't overwhelm with supporting characters. They're not throwing in too many, uh, and nor do they. There are three people in the right in the series regular cast. Right, and they do. I mean, they they really give them their due, which is which is another reason to watch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my next thing is Transparent, so we're gonna just you know assume that you guys all know about Transparent because of the Emmys and because we've talked about it before and because we know it's gonna be great. So we can't wait to see season three, especially after season two being, I mean, even better than the first. So Liz, what is your next thing? Uh, my next thing is something I'm technically already in progress on, but I'm I'm very excited to see how it comes together. Uh, I've been working my way through Easy, which is the upcoming Joe Swanberg show. Uh, that Joe Swanberg is, of course, a well-established indie filmmaker. He's done a ton of work uh, over the last 10, 10 or so years, big part of the mumblecore movement. And uh, this is not technically his first TV show. Uh, he did a he did a serialized show for. Um, I think it was Nerve, and then IFC bought a fourth season. I don't know if that fourth season ever aired. But the point is, he's done he's done stuff before, but he's a really interesting filmmaker on a number of levels, and he's taken this TV approach to creating an anthology show of its kind of standalone short films, but they all kind of connect together and uh, in a way where it's much more, it's much bigger and more dynamic than just, like, single-shot character stories. And the cast is amazing. Um, we're talking Aya Cash, Orlando Bloom, uh, Kate Micucci, uh, Dave Franco. I'm just going to keep... Uh, Melon Ackerman. Melon Ackerman. Jake Johnson. Dave, Jake Johnson's in it? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, Michael Cherkis, uh, Elizabeth Reeser. I mean, some of those names may not be super familiar to you, but um, trust me, it's gonna, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really great mix of pe- relative unknowns versus really talented players and I think I think I think if you enjoy like really character driven stories with also some sexy bits uh, you will enjoy this show also set in Joe Swanberg's beloved Chicago which yeah. is also my beloved Chicago so it's a very it's it's actually really refreshing to watch a show like this and not recognize all the locations from either New York or Los Angeles yeah. Um, but yeah it's uh, very Chicago it's which is fun um and yeah, it's at the so it's easy premieres on Friday at on Netflix. Wait, wasn't this the Thursday? No, Thursday, Thursday, like Thursday. Their first gosh, Thursday. Debut. It's their first Thursday debut for whatever, whatever reason. Maybe a Netflix person told me that they're just trying it out to see what happens. 
They're a bad idea. Not a bad They've idea. They've got enough shows they can start experimenting with uh, days of the week. Yes. And you're going to be able to read all about these shows and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll also find uh, reviews and interviews and other features. Uh, there's some broadcast stuff we get to review this week. I have yet to – have we figured out who's reviewing MacGyver? I'm not doing it. You said you were doing it. Uh, I don't know what you I have to – Han. Yeah. Well, Han bailed out of the pilot after seven minutes, so it's I, I did want her to review it because of that, so <laughs> – Han's review of the first seven minutes of, of Mag- the MacGyver pilot. That or her just, you know, forcing herself to sit down for the other 36. But, uh, Let's but not, not yeah. actively torture our co-workers. Uh, Liz, <laughs> we're, we've all been there. <laughs> and if you have to watch 43 minutes of, of one show and review it as opposed to 10 episodes of, let's say, The Ranch and review it, then I think I – think there's a little bit of discrepancies here. Oh, my God. To be fair, I never watched all 10 episodes of The Ranch. I did. I know you did. That was your choice. Getting ready for season two. God. Yeah. You have other things you need to be watching before season two, though. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but, no, if uh, if you want to hear about some things other than, other than TV, I mean, <laughs> God knows why, make sure you listen to Screen Talk with Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson, which are two very good reasons why. Uh, they are out there in the industry. They just finished... TIFF, yep. uh, Telluride, wrapping up, Oscar season, full-blown. New, te- New York Film Festival is getting going. New York Film Festival is coming up. Um, there is a lot to talk about in, at the movies right now, and there's a lot of great movies coming out to watch. It sounds really, I mean, genuinely, I'm getting excited about this this movie season. Like, I might have to actually go and see some movies. Yeah, it'd be strange. I mean, we'll have to figure out the time, but that's a yeah. priority for another time. Also, make sure you're listening to Michael Schneider's Oh, God. Turn it on. Turn it on. I, someday I will remember the name of that. I feel like it's... It's three words. It's, it's bugging me. Well, don't give me that, Liz. Everybody's got those titles or those names that just flush right out of their head for no sure. reason. Um, but no, it's. I mean, it's a great podcast, and it's pertinent to anybody who's watching TV because when you're trying to sift through all these new shows this fall, this will keep you up to date week to week talking about essentially every important show that is debuting that week that you need to know about. This is how to how to remind yourself. This is how to keep up to date and and know how to filter through all your stuff. So, uh, make sure you listen to Turn It On with our own executive editor, Michael Schneider. There you go, and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week, and in the meantime, you guys keep watching television. <laughs>